Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Lizzie. And we're queer people who love movies. This is Subtextual. Hi, Sam. Hi, Lizzie. Welcome to a gay of their own. I'm sorry, I mean a league of their gay. I mean, I'm so sorry. A lesbian of their gay. Uh, I'm going to get it right. A league of their own. (laughs) Oh, my God. I watched this so recently. I came too late to this movie, so I'm so excited to talk about it. Fucking love this movie. Uh, we're gonna have such a good show today, you guys, for many, many reasons, including a special guest who I will introduce in a minute. Uh, but first, before we jump in, I just want to say a quick thanks to our patrons, of which we have one in the room. Yes. And if you would like to join our Patreon, we have so much cool shit going on over there, including bonus episodes, a f- series called Fan Service that we release every month. You can vote on those episodes. You can make us do shit. We can give you merch. Whatever you want, we'll fucking do it if you join our Patreon at patreon.com slash subtextualpod. And this month for our fan service episode, all of our patrons, lovely patrons voted. And it looks like we'll be covering A League of Their Own, the series over on fan service, which is amazingly gayer than the movie somehow. That's what I have heard. I am dying to watch the show after watching the movie. Oh, you're going to love it. So thanks for choosing that. But enough of that pish posh. I want to get into a very important angel in the room with us today. We have a Gerald on the mic. Woo! Oh, God. Yeah. Woo. Jerry. Jerry. Applause. <laughs> Hold for applause. Yeah. Um, hi. Um, yeah. My name is Gerald. Um, I am the host of the soon to be podcast called Watch the Teeth. Um, as of now, the trailers for sure posted. Um, my first guests are going to be the lovely host of Subtext. So um, we are so to, honored. Yeah, looking forward to that I'm crossover. I'm fucking vibrating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, the type of energy I'm hoping to bring today um, is nestled in this little fact of mine. Um, and I believe that cats are the Republicans of the household pet industrial complex. <laughs> um, so do with that what you will. And then um, what are the goldfish? Like the... I mean, dogs are libertarians. So, For like, sure. oh, you yeah. know. Just, yeah. And then who wants to be a Democrat these days? Like, <laughs> yeah, Democrats but must be the goldfish. The goldfish, yeah, 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 because they're just swimming around. I look forward to profiling every household pet with you after this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> their political yeah. alignment. Yeah. It's gonna <laughs> every take a now while. and then we play this really stupid game where we like list a fruit or vegetable and then try to pick if it's like a boy or girl. Uh, so like apple. Or non-binary. Yeah. Or non-binary. No, I was say, do, do like fruits and vegetables not escape the binary plane? Or? Oh, of course. Like passion they fruit. Can. Like oh. that's non-binary. Yeah, it's it's non-binary, non-binary for yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. As well as star fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Never had one in my life. I am delicious. so pumped to have you here today, Yeah, Gerald. no, I'm excited to be here. Flew in from the great big city of Lafayette. Hell yeah. yeah. DTB down the bayou, baby. Down the bayou, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bayou boys, or well, boy. Um, <laughs> shout out Lee, never mind. So we got the bayou boys in the hey. building. The bayou boys. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I have known you so long. Since like a different iteration of me, like yeah. two updates ago. No, or yeah. Maybe two or three updates ago, yeah. At least. No, you were like living your best life. We were so excited to be on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. And for good. you to be here with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The yeah. vibe's going to be great. And if you want to listen to Gerald's teaser and his up upcoming episodes you can find that watch the teeth where you get your pods and we'll be on the first episode and we'll be sharing some of that with you on our feeds as well so pay attention it's coming league of their own you guys so gerald you came to us with this film to cover why like what what made you choose it how much what do you feel about it so uh, it came to me at a very formative point in my life um i think i had watched it for the first time with uh, my middle school, like, gay crush. Like, we had something that we didn't Mm. know what it was. And the movie's playing on in the background. 
when we were figuring things out um, <laughs> was uh, A League of Their Own and Jeepers Creepers. Um, so, yeah, definitely Full rated circle. that episode high for myself, yeah. Uh, um, and and I just, I before I even knew, like, vocabulary-wise, what gay, lesbian, any of that means, I think I understood conceptually what was being subtextually, you know, mm -hmm. given in this movie. Um, and I'm excited to, to pull that all out to the to the light today. This yeah. movie is so, like, beautifully and gently subtextual in, like, such an enriching way mm -hmm. that I love. Sam, you are, you just recently watched this movie for the first time, or what's your history with the film? Yeah, I'm just coming late to the game on a lot of films. I was mentioning before we started rolling that I just saw Steel Magnolia, so I'm, like, uh, reeling from that. It's yeah. like, I just, have you guys heard of the Beatles? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I just also saw A League of Their Own, and it's so beautifully gay and I mean a story that like uplifts people who would otherwise be oppressed always feels like really gay and then on top of that everybody in this movie is <laughs> a fucking lesbian yeah yeah they're very lesbian coded <laughs> oh for sure oh my god Rosie O'Donnell is my everything oh yeah I'm obsessed with her yeah. I like really challenge you to name a heterosexual character in this film like the worst Tom one Hanks, Tom Hanks the man yeah oh, girl. let's talk about the man in the room for a second yeah yeah right the fucking kid he's not even a kid he's worse than a kid no he's worse he's yeah. an executive no oh. and he's built at the top and likely got paid the most oh, for, for this. sure which is bullshit because his character is totally non-essential if I have y'all's permission today sure. I would love to give a rant about Tom Hanks at no. a later point in this episode yeah what are we here Chet for Hanks, yeah. if you can't you might as well dig on his son too while we're here because <laughs> what's that guy up to these days exactly yeah nothing good nothing good Good. Um, Lee Garcia, producer, uh, have you seen League of Their Own? I haven't. This is oh, a blind spot uh, for me. Yeah. Oh, wait. Sacrilege. I mean, I've seen like a lot of TV ads. I feel like it used to air on TBS mm -hmm, a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've seen some of those buzzword moments, those uh, like trailer moments or something. So I think I know what we're getting into, but I'm also uh, really excited to see where this goes. This film, much like the sport of baseball is an absolute American cornerstone. <laughs> yeah, when did you see it, Lizzie? It's a good question. I think it probably was on when I was at my Mama Pearl's house on Sunday afternoons after the NFL game would be off. TBS would be on and it'd be playing either Forrest Gump or this film. Mm -hmm. But revisiting it later in life, like I watched it with my partner like a year ago and I was so emotionally <laughs> affected by it. Holy shit. I was like crying out of both eyes at points where I shouldn't have been crying. Um, I just... Think not this movie both is eyes. <laughs> Pick one. That's like, how you know really, it's real. Like, we know the left eye is the gay eye. So. Yeah, a single That's solitary That's the one that usually be tier. crying. Oh, well. But hmm. I was out of both. So I, I just love this movie. And getting to research it was so much fun. So, so why are we talking about the film today? Gerald already mentioned a few things. Sam already mentioned a few things. It's quintessentially gay. There's so many queer characters. I would have to throw out. In addition to Doris, played by Rosie O'Donnell, Dottie, played by Gina Davis, and her sister Kit, played by Lori Petty, mm -hmm. and fucking May. You cannot tell me that May has not kissed a girl. Ugh. I was like, who's May is a baddie? Like, there's so, something going on here. She was giving those lesbians material to whack Are off, dude. 100%. So many scenes. Yeah. Like, on, the, on, on that vein, this... She was casted shortly after the uh, drama of her simulating masturbation in her concert. Oh, really? So, like, they they took her on the hype of all that. Like, she was in her, like, bad girl, like, women have sex too era. Mm -hmm. and Yeah, because there was a controversy, right? Before they began filming with the original actress cast as Dottie, 
because she quit last minute and was replaced by Gina Davis. In regards to the controversy, um, the initial actor they had cast um, had trained with the Cubs for three months. Right. Um, four weeks out from principal photography, quit because they cast Madonna. And that's when they came in um, with who should have been in the role in the first place. Yeah. Gina Davis. So Whoa. I don't know what kind of gay divine intervention happened there. Right. Yeah, that actress was Deborah Winger, yeah. who would have been a bigger star, and you might yeah. maybe recognize her, but you definitely would if she was in this film. But yeah, she, up until filming, like was like training with them, mm -hmm. and then she was like, oh, Madonna's involved? Yeah. I quit. I read something about that where she said, I just figured they were going to try to Elvis her, mm. you know, in the movie. Mm -hmm. She was going to suck as an actor, and then mm -hmm. the movie was going to tank. And but she's Madonna. She's no, never she sucked ate. at anything. No, yeah. She, no. she ate. ate. No crumbs. No. Mm -hmm. Was this before or after Evita? Do you know? Oh, this is before Evita. Okay. So nobody knew that she had ate that, that fucking up. chops. Yeah. I hate that up. Mm -hmm. Well, now I know what I'm watching tonight. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> it's such an interesting role for them to cast Madonna in because yeah. this is like, you know, at its core, super wholesome about mm -hmm. a very wholesome league at a wholesome time in America. And they're like, you know, who needs to be up in this bitch? Madonna. And it really does add like that perfect little sexy spice to mm -hmm. It took so long for me to process that it was Madonna. Like right. they did a, such a good job of, I think allowing her to be who she is because she is May through and through. Like mm -hmm. I, she must have resonated with that character hard when she was reading that script. But like just aesthetically, the trick of the mind, I guess that they perform. I don't know what wizardry they did to her, but like she was she was giving a different human being. Well, her too. Like she brought this like movement to May that made mm -hmm. her a very distinct character, and like the vocalizations and like the accent, mm -hmm. and also she trained hard. Like she, all the actors had to go through like baseball camp training, much like in Bring It On. They went to cheer camp. They put them through baseball camp, and Madonna was fucking there, sliding and hitting and doing all of her own stunts along with the other actors and like that's commitment commitment i heard that this is the beginning of her and rosie's friendship because yes. rosie was the only one who had the balls to like talk and have conversations with madonna because everybody was like super starstruck yeah. and they're still like very good friends their characters were giving roommates you know oh, yeah. they, were roommates. They, were roommates. they were roommates like if, yeah. if may couldn't find a man that night she was definitely letting rosie you know hit to, yeah yeah 100 percent and Doris was totally fine with it. 100%. Oh, yeah. I mean, we would all be fine with it. Oh, we yeah. all had those relationships. Yeah, I've been there. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, and another reason to talk about the movie today is that the American Women's Baseball League was a real thing mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. 40s and 50s. And many of those players were gay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In fact, I found this quote by a former player who was on the Peora Red Wings in 1948, uh, this woman named Mabel Blair. She said, out of 650 players at the time, I bet 400 were gay. Ooh. Wait, can I show you all a picture of Mabel Blair? Just yeah. because I live... Well Coincidentally, my drag name is Maybell Blair. So, like, it's oh. weird how, like, full circle oh this moment God. is. Wow. I can't tell if we you're need joking. To see you perform. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like an umpire. Yeah. On stage. No, stop. Say I'm telling everybody my secret. I don't want to give it away. The mask wow. and everything. All right, here's Maybell Blair. Stop. Uh, Come on, Judith Light. No. Okay. She looks like Judith Light if you need a reference for the audio <laughs> listeners. Can someone please describe this photo for me? 
Yeah, uh, Sam, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Dyke really needs to be the one to there explain how yeah. <laughs> captivating this image is. It's Maybelle Blair at the age of 95 who has like teased hair and mm-hmm. she really resembles Judith Light in like stature and, and face, but she has these like hot pink nails. She's throwing a baseball. And acrylics. She's, and she's got these acrylics on and she's got these ridiculous sunglasses on. I've never seen a gayer photograph in my life. She's gorgeous. I want to be her friend so bad. <laughs> yeah. She went on the press junket for the shows the show a league of their own mm-hmm. the series and she came out on stage at the age of 95 oh, wow. coming out at 95 is just insane couldn't imagine and she said she hadn't planned it that she was just on a junket with um abby jacobson and as they were answering questions she was like yeah and that's when i realized i'm gay oh Damn. Well, the story I hear, okay, I watched this other documentary on Netflix because it was like semi-related to a League of Their Own called A Secret Love that came out in 2020. If you can imagine what the film is about, <laughs> it's about a secret love relationship between two lesbians. One was a player in the American Baseball League back in the day, 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 40s. And she met this woman who was a hockey player in like a town they were playing at. And the two of them instantly fell in love. And this documentary is an amazing. Another crying out of both eyes moment for me. <laughs> Literally, it's so sweet, but it tells how they were doing the whole roommate thing. And at the time, like, they didn't even know and have words to describe that this was a lifestyle that was possible for them. And they're telling their story. They've been together for 70 years and just decided to come out to their family, like, as old women who have been living together for decades and decades. And I think it's because, like, I can only imagine Maybelle and other older lesbians who have been, you know, living with roommates and, like, cousins for a long time finally have the words to describe how they feel from queers like Abby Jacobson. I I just can't imagine being alive at a time where the word lesbian would never even be said into your ears to where we are now. Sure. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, like I had mentioned at the jump, like, this – I I watched this movie at a time where – as a like a middle school child, I was going through these. I never really felt taboo or anything about what I was doing, um, but it wasn't talked about in my family, so I knew it was something to be kept secret. Seeing this movie, I it gave me the spark of hope that, like, you know, if if they were doing it back to me, that was the eighteen hundreds when I had watched it the first time. You know, like the Stone Ages, literally yeah. Fred Flintstone era style. That like there would come a time that I I could make art that would hopefully be more vocal, mm-hmm. right? More here, queer, loud, proud, you know. You're in a good place. Hopefully it doesn't take him till 95 to figure it out. Yeah. I, I will not be there yeah. um, when that DM comes through. <laughs> no. Will it be? Do not a, message me. No. Yeah. DMs at 95 DMD. is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> not, oh, Lord. Um, so, yeah, I guess I wanted to fucking dive on in. Sure. Let's go. Should we watch a trailer? Yeah, yeah let's get into it. Says girls can't play baseball. Who says what the fuck is this? You're still missing the cutoff man. Now that, that, that's Not a woman that speaking like in the slightest. Before next season. This is horrible. It's, it's just so bad. Literally, so bad. It's, None of the women speak. No, they hadn't gotten the right yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Tom Hanks tells girls what to do for two hours straight. Yeah. Is now the time for my Tom Hanks Break it down. Let's go. Roast? No, yeah, I'm strapped in. Tom Hanks is a piece of shit. Tom Hanks is a bad actor. He's always just yelling. That does not make you a good actor. His character in this film is 
worthless, mm-hmm. not important, given too much screen time. Fuck Tom Hanks. His introduction to the women is him taking the fattest piss I've ever seen in my life. And it's so gross. And the women are like, oh, good piss, Mr. Dugan. <laughs> Do you need me to wipe? Like, Yeah, so dude, gross. No. I, I literally can't believe. Mm-mm. Delete Tom Hanks. Delete. Anyone? He's canceled. We're canceling him. We're canceling him right now. Oh, damn. <laughs> Show hands. It's canceled. not easy. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. I. The eyes have it. Anywho. Okay, well, believe it or not, this film was... Directed by a woman. Penny Marshall, bitch. Yeah. yeah. Penny Marshall. No, that's Can her I full government her? name. Penny Marshall, bitch. Yeah, Penny Esquire. Marshall, bitch. And I'm like, yes, Marshall. It's um, like instead of Esquire, it's bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she directed a bunch of other stuff that's probably more important, but my fucking favorite <laughs> of all of the things she's directed is Riding in Cars with Boys. Oh. Yes. I love Penny Marshall. I love that film. It's unfortunately yeah. not gay. It's one of the movies that I love that is not gay, but sure. she just has a really good way of portraying the quiet moments of women's lives and seeing them change kind of over time. And she does that well in this film. And there's just too much Tom Hanks for it, unfortunately. I agree. And she got her recognition with another Tom Hanks film called Big, which I've never seen and I never will because Tom Hanks is in it. But notably, it was the first movie directed by a woman to make over $100 million. Let's go, Marshall, bitch. So Penny Marshall be badass. (laughs) Yeah, Greta. Which Penny. I would love to see her spin on this concept. I like after the Barbie movie, I would love to see like a reinterpretation <sighs> of the movie now that the series has mm-hmm. been done. Like, why not? I'll, I'll go fuck it. I'll watch it. I'll I watch would, anything. I would watch the fucking I'll ass out of that. Well, Penny Marshall's great. Uh, basically, she found this story because there was a documentary about the real All American Girls Professional Baseball League uh, released in 87. She saw the film and was like, what? There was like girl baseball leagues? So much of how the league was started in the film is accurate to history. Basically, during World War II, baseball was kind of dying because a lot of the men were gone fighting and doing masculine boy stuff overseas. And so the owner of Wrigley Gum, in order to save baseball, was like, let's get some of the women who play softball, because softball was very popular at the time, over into the, let's (laughs) go grab some of the lesbians, bring them on over here, give them a league, and put them in the little skirts, Mm -hmm. because that was all real, real, real. Those outfits were Um, bad, though. Like, I would wear that in this day and age. No, that's like a low-key, really great Halloween costume to just have in your costume. Mm -hmm. It's on the list. Yeah. So all this shit was real. Um, the league was around for about 10 years. The World War II, the end of World War II didn't kill it. Like it kind of is insinuated in the film. Like mm-hmm. the boys coming back mm-hmm. didn't kill the league. It was still very popular. It was immediately popular as soon as the girls started playing. Oh, so it what, didn't struggle as much as as they kind of make it, no. they make it seem like you have to like bust it open and catch the ball for like anyone to give any notice. No, yeah. they, they were really strategic about where the leagues were playing. Like the Rockford Peaches, that was a real league. And like all these towns, Racine or whatever, they're like Midwestern towns where there wasn't a lot of distraction from the depression of war. Like they didn't have a team in New York City or Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, they had them where like the normal people live and needed to be like reminded that their dads and sons weren't going to die, even though they probably were. Yeah. Um, rest in peace to all the soldiers. Rest in peace. Who died in silent. her cervix. <laughs> in her cervix. <laughs> I died in her cervix or whatever the fuck Lil Wayne said. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, and another thing that was real that is only briefly discussed in the movie, but is, I think, more discussed in the series, even though I, I haven't watched the series yet, but it's that it is true that only white women, white women were allowed to play in the league. Women of color 
if they were passing, like there was an instance of a few like Latinx women who were able to join the league because they had pale skin, basically. But um, even though male baseball was desegregated around this time, basically the league could have allowed black women and women of color to compete and play, but they just did not let them. Yeah, the show, the series does a good job of handling like the perspective of people of color playing in this league, which I appreciate. Yeah, because everybody here is super white. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, totally. that one in the buildings there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to watch the series about that. So good. And they do nod at it in the film. Um, there's like a scene, I don't know if y'all remember, but Gina Davis goes to like get a foul ball or whatever. And there's a black woman on the side of the field and she like throws the ball back to them with like such speed. It like hurts one of the player's hands. So it's kind of a nod at like mm-hmm. black women were playing yeah. baseball at this time. They should be there. Yeah, they should be there. They just weren't there because of fucking racism. A little racism thing. Yeah, we love that. But um <laughs> awesome. There's awesome. That's just that we're dealing with one social injustice at a time, okay? Yeah. They, they're yeah. like, you should be grateful the women are, women speaking are getting in the attention. Film. Yeah. <laughs> right. They don't they're the voting trailer. at this time. Yeah. yeah. How do y'all feel about like women? the treatment of women and how the film looks at women in this film? It's always like refreshing to see subcultures of women historically because it's not often spoke of. So I really liked to see them like bonding and living together. And I had grew up with two older sisters. And so the sister dynamic was nice, but like I grew up in a house full of women and it very much spoke to me. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. The only parts I didn't like were just the parts where the men were like, should we keep letting them do this? And it's like, oh yeah, yeah. they're pretty good at it. So yeah. It's like, I'm surprised there wasn't like a comment about like why their dishwasher was on the field at some point. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Oh, God, this movie is so good. Okay, let's start going through the plot. Sure, yeah. Because every scene is a gem. So at the top of the film, we meet Dottie Henson, who's now in her 70s or so. She lives in a house with her daughter and grandsons. And right off the bat, I think we should watch a clip. Yeah, let's head into it. But I would like to preface this with, like, they put the lesbian grandma in the attic. Like, honestly. We think she could take the stairs? That's She's still with it. She's catching balls and shit now. But, yeah, yeah, she's going to have to go to the ground floor soon enough. She's well-oiled for sure. The casting is also great. She really does look like Gina Davis. Yeah. All all the older actors. Until I looked at the cast list, did not realize that it was not a prosthetic version of her. Wow. Well, they did a voiceover with Gina Davis's voice. That's what I was thinking. Which works so well. Mm -hmm. But how she holds herself in the little, what is this called? The little beauty mark. Beauty mark. Beauty. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, Yeah, let's watch this clip and then talk a little bit about it. I'm going to describe the scene that we're about to watch. So in it, we see Dottie in in a bit of an older age, and she is being pestered by her daughter, who looks like a huge lesbian, (laughs) to go to a reunion of the Rockford Peaches. And this is the conversation they have. They probably won't even remember me. Oh, the Queen of Diamonds, Dottie Hanson? Margaret, I just don't think this is a good idea. Oh, come on, Mom. I mean, you're going to get to see Aunt Kit. You two hardly ever get to see each other. We still won't. Kit won't be there. She'll be traveling around with that husband of hers. Frank, he has a name. Frank? And he's always been very nice to you. It makes me nervous. There's a lot of reasons why I can't Mom? Honey, I'm not comfortable about this. I'm not really part of it. It was never that important to me. It was just something I did. That's all. Mom, when are you going to realize how special it was? How much it all meant? Come on, Mom. Get in the Subaru. <laughs> okay. 
I need Gerald's take on this clip because you were throwing rainbow flags throughout this entire sure. scene. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's honestly the first thing Lizzie and I talked about after like watching the movie a couple times was it, it just feels like there's something heavier there. She's not so much excited about going back to relive this clear part of history like y'all have carved out your name in stone and don't you don't want to go back because dot 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 and like you got along with all those women so it's not like she Swimmingly. says like oh i don't want to go see all my friends from back in the day right it's like so that's not an excuse yeah you don't want to go see your little lesbian sisters in arms like yeah this is subtextual from the jump even how she talks about her sister's husband yeah and we don't doubt like delve into that so it's just implied that she's like he freaks me out. Well, why? Why? And like also her daughter is a fucking lesbian. Come on, fucking Diane Keaton Come in through. that fucking fit. Okay, the, denim shirt. Like turtleneck. We, oh, stop. The turtleneck is what sold like brought the ensemble together. Mm -hmm. And it's again this like nod at like kind of what I was talking about earlier, like these women back in the 40s, like they didn't have the words. They mm -hmm. didn't have the example to even the literature describe the, how mm -hmm. and who and what they were. They just felt kind of like what you're yeah. saying, like you just feel that subtextuality. And then mm -hmm. we see, Horned I think her, her daughter, <laughs> who's most certainly a lesbian, being like, look, I just want right. you to say it, mom. Like, why are you afraid to go? Why are you afraid right. to go? Just say it. I'm not going to put the words in your mouth. I'm not going to force that because I don't think they even had that conversation. But her daughter unearthed some letters. Her daughter found some pictures. Mm -hmm. Her daughter found something that, that led her to believe that... I mean, she found the glove. What else was in that box? Yeah. True enough. And what else was in that box? And she says at one point, like, I'm not like them. And right? Yeah. And that's the... That's I'm not the, comfortable. The period at the yeah. end of the, of the subtextual sentence there mm -hmm. just really setting us off on the path of uh, homosexuality and... Baseball. Right, right off the treasure the hunt. Jump. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next scene, Dottie rolls up in a bus with a Carol King song playing over No Less. I don't know if y'all clocked that, but um, I clocked it big time, <laughs> baby. Penny no, Marshall yeah. and Carol King together, the like deep cut lesbian references. Mwah. I think are over my head. But, yeah. You know, no, that's like Gaga company, and Beyonce. So. Like, oh wow, <laughs> it's incredible. <gasps> Gaga. Gaga. So she yes. makes it to the museum. Uh, the, it's like the Baseball Hall of Fame is opening up like, I guess, a women's wing to mm -hmm. honor like the American Women's League back in the day. Um, but there's a baseball game going on mm -hmm. of a bunch of like older, maybe women in their 60s and 70s all playing, all looking dikey as hell in their little sweatshirts. Oh, yeah. But seeing them play transports her back in time. Ooh, we love it. Uh, so we see Dottie as a young woman in the 40s. Dottie, as I must Shout out is played by Gina fucking Davis. Shout out. She's my mom. That is mother. <laughs> mommy. That is mommy uppies. Like, yeah. You know. I want uppies. I want uppies from her. <laughs> She's oh my God. so fucking hot. Her jawline yeah. in this movie could fucking cut fucking steel. steel. And her Magnolias, body language. <laughs> steel my noise. <laughs> um, if you don't know Gina Davis, shame on you. Shame. Also, you're in for a treat. For shame. There's she's... no way you listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 wrong time, but she's done so much for us, specifically Thelma and Louise, which I have a VHS of that film in the room with us. She was also in Cutthroat Island, Pirate mm. Bisexual Realness, and Beetlejuice, and a million other things. But 
Gina Davis is a queer icon for sure, for sure. She's not out. She's not queer, but yeah, she's we, put in the work. Yeah, the lesbians put in claim, the claim Gina Davis. She's yeah. so hot. And weirdly, all of those gay movies, like all the subtextual movies that you just listed that she was in, did nothing for <laughs> yeah. me. What really sealed it for me <laughs> so embarrassingly was Stuart Little. Oh, <gasps> The Awakening. We're what did you just back. do to me? Uh, they were so hot. And like we were watching Sky High, Lizzie and I, um, because Spoiler, we're doing an yeah. episode with yeah. Gerald for Watch the Teeth. And I was telling Lizzie, like growing up is understanding that the parents are so hot. Because it's Hugh Laurie, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's Stuart it's Little. It's, it's Mr. House. Yes. He himself. It's House. not lupus. It's never lupus. It's, so they hot. try to make it lupus, though. <laughs> I love you for making that joke. <laughs> Thank right you. Now. Yeah, no, I, I got a deep cut. <laughs> All right, so Dottie's a milkmaid. She's a softball player, along with her younger sister Kit, yeah. who is played by Lori Petty, who. I know from Point Break, like the gayest surf movie. Sorry, Blue Crush. Yeah. She's also in Tank Girl as Tank Girl. And she's in Orange is the New Black as well. Oh, my. Yeah, she's lolly. ruining me right now. She's lolly. Tank Orange Girl, I wrote my final um, Film 4000 theory paper on Tank Girl. That's amazing. Yeah. I've never seen the film. Is it subtextual? Oh. Mm. Or is, if there's hot people in it, it's that counts. very. I mean, she's <laughs> she's worth it, but uh, yeah. the subtext is hard to find. It's very <laughs> we'll give it a go. If you're into that kind of stuff, oh, nice, That's gay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they are both softball players. Dottie is admittedly a little bit better than Kit, and Kit really resents her for it. Both Gina Davis and Lori Petty knew that they were playing queer women, and yeah. I think what really shows that is uh, their body language. Yeah, yeah. And the way they work them cow titties, bro. Bro, they know their way around <laughs> the nipple. was jerking and twerking the things. They, yeah. they were not playing. Someone has to say it. Does it hurt them? They seem to Does like it. Does it hurt the cow? <laughs> yeah, they don't seem to mind. They know their way around. Hey. It's also worth mentioning that Dottie and Kit are being scouted for this new American Girls Baseball League. And that the scout will only accept Kit if her better and prettier sister Dottie uh, comes along to the tryouts happening in Chicago. They literally didn't want the androgynous U-Haul lesbian little sister, um, but they would take the high femme, woe is me, my husband is at war, a.k.a. country girls make do big sister. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it wasn't a skill issue. It no. was very much like a high femme presenting versus, like, more masculine, mm-hmm. you know, pushing on non-binary vibes from the little sister that... And she also, like, very gave off, like, uncoachable vibes. And, yeah. Which is, like, something you don't... I feel like you don't see in the youngest child like she very much felt like in her identity and she was pleading with her sister to give her the opportunity for an out because she mentions herself i don't fit in here Mm -hmm. i'm a lesbian well (laughs) (laughs) you know but you know she she just infers that there's more she knows there's more out in the world for her Mm -hmm. just than this than pulling on titties at the dairy farm like she's trying to go pull on big city titties not like big city titties yeah not some like dairy farm cows you're speaking to me so deeply okay so (laughs) the points you mentioned there that they want this like femme presenting has a husband in the army yeah uh, baseball player but Kit is as skilled I mean maybe she's not as amazing but she's skilled enough to be in the league but she is like very clearly like more masculine and it seems like decentralized men and the idea of Mm -hmm. like romance Mm -hmm. And also, like, it's intimidating for men and to let the women play baseball in the first place. But also, like, if she's not so submissive to a man's calls and actions, then, you know, they seem put off by that. But I'm the youngest of three sisters. I am 
gay and I was very much angry my whole youth. And I had an older, I have two older sisters, but my middle sister is out now too. She came out later in life. And this was very much like the conversations we used to have. Like, I know that she understood me in a way that other people didn't. And I was always so, yeah, I was always so angry. So this relationship really speaks to me. Yeah. Well, because there's such a huge resentment there that is the like basically cornerstone of their, of Kit and Donnie's relationship, the whole film. And it comes to a head in like this final scene yeah. where they kind of say goodbye in this really sad way and like <laughs> part paths that mm-hmm. yeah I guess we can talk about but like it's much more than just like oh you're better at me than baseball 100%, mm-hmm. 100%. it's a resentment that comes 100%. like of course she's channeling it towards her sister but she's really channeling it towards like the pressures of society to force Kit mm-hmm. to be what she's not to and be and she knows she can't mm-hmm. she knows it's like making water flow a different way it's just a waste of your time mm-hmm. I mean I couldn't imagine so I, I mean I have a little brother and a, uh, a sister and miraculously the middle child is not gay um, <laughs> it skipped it skipped him yeah somehow and that is his biggest flaw Kate and I love you but, but <laughs> ah, <laughs> we're still holding out buddy. hope but yeah, yeah there's not even holding out hope no stay straight but like <laughs> the thing is is that like I couldn't imagine being in a position where I was because I, I, I was always pretty comfortable with myself. Again, didn't have the language, didn't have the vibes, but mm-hmm. I knew what I was doing was felt right in the like cosmic sense, not so much the physical sense. And that like, I, I pegged my sister from the jump as a lesbian, like <laughs> out the womb. I was like, she's gay. <laughs> like even before I had fully figured myself out and I, I, just living in a world in which she had come out first and I was still in the closet, mm-hmm. I think would have pushed me further in. It would have, mm-hmm. it would have really just cask of amontillado'd me into that closet, because like, how scary is it that like the youth have a more concrete view on on how they see things? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I, I guess I would like to say I'm feel fortunate that like I was, I was able to figure that out before. And then was able to transfer that into helping her figure that out. You yeah, know? you were probably such a source of comfort and like guidance for her. A beacon of light in the sea of darkness. Yeah. Sea of lesbian. I came out. Exactly how I would describe you. <laughs> <laughs> I came out first much, sure. much, much before my sister did. And By choice or? It was more of like. It, it was going to happen and I could feel it was going to happen. And I knew it was like either they're going to find out or I can just tell them. And right. it was really hard for me and our household as a whole. And I think as you're saying, like, yeah, she, my sister, I don't want to speak on her experience too much, but I, I think that kind of solidified a lot of her fears around that. And so mm. she came out much later and she had, you know, she was straight passing. So it, that kind of probably kept her in the closet for longer as well. Sure. But yeah, I, as the youngest, you have a lot of privilege because you get to see how things can go. Right. Your yeah. sisters do it like a few years before you and you're right. like, oh, if I just keep doing this, I'll just, you know, you can see the reality of the situation a little yeah. easier. Yeah. Yeah. The writing's on the wall. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the girls head off to Chicago on a train to head off to baseball tryouts where we meet my two favorite characters in the whole film. You forgot to mention they meet Marla Hooch on the <gasps> oh, way. Shit. Oh, shit. Oh, Marla Hooch. Yeah, so Marla Hooch, like masculine presenting and her poor father clearly aware of what he's done to his daughter and I'm using done loosely here but he was a he makes it clear he was a single father he did what he could he only knew boys and please do not let my daughter suffer she loves this game please pick her up and not until these two lesbian women put their bags down quite literally and mm-hmm. said you could fuck off without us mm-hmm. if you're not taking this clear slugger uh, it it could make me cry again because they saw in her 
what I think they saw in each other. Mm-hmm. And they said, we need to take her out of here. She To see them stand up like that was like a real big turning point in the movie for me. Yeah. And they do it in sync, in synchronization and, yeah. with no, no conversation. They never they talk. They walk down the stairs and they put their bags down at the same exact time yeah. in a, like a split instant, yeah. like very true to their core. I said, I'm the big sister here. Yeah. And y'all are all my sons. And we're going <laughs> to succeed together. You bitches are my sons. You a bitches quick, are my sons. Quick note about the actress who plays Marla Hooch, portrayed by Megan Cavanaugh, mm-hmm. who is an out lesbian. Mm-hmm. And she's also in a Canadian show that I love called X's and O's. Uh, and... Every single like minor character in the film goes on to be in like a beloved lesbian show <laughs> yeah. at some point. So. Oh, weird. How did that work out? Yeah. Yeah. It was in the water over there. <laughs> it's great to see her. And yeah, as you're saying, like her dad is almost like so apologetic that he hasn't yeah. like feminized her. Yeah. But he doesn't he doesn't disparage her for no. it. He no. knows that she's talented. Yeah. And it's not her fault that she looks the way like they were purely going off of the fact that she looked mannish, right? Like yes. she's not fuckable. Um, on top of that is that she's the voice of uh, Jimmy Neutron's mom. Shut up! Yeah, oh she God. is the voice for Jimmy Neutron's Jimmy's mom. She was hot. Like Jimmy's yeah. mom's hot. Hips, yeah, hips. yeah. body. She was serving body, body. fucking dumper for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She shits with that ass. Like that's <laughs> crazy. The bitches are her children. <laughs> Oh, uh, but I love that all the girls, you're right, like going back to how they just like accept her is that everyone who like runs the league doesn't value her because of her skill. They value they value her less because of how she doesn't fit the image. But Kit and all the other girls, like no one ever questions and there's no hierarchy among the team themselves of girls of like who's the prettiest or the skinniest or the right. it's all about who's the best at baseball. And they are all fucking amazing mm-hmm. and respect each other for that. It never comes. There's no cattiness among the players in terms of like that traditional sense of like, oh, well, women right. are always trying to vie for the male's attention. Like the players act as a unit and their values are set as a unit and they don't have to talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As much as the as much as they in real time, try to cater them towards the male gaze. Mm-hmm. It's very obvious through this movie that it was not meant for the male gaze. Yeah. Right? So clearly, yeah. Well, it was made for the male gaze. Hey! The male gaze. Period. <laughs> yeah, and this show does a really good job of like honing in on the time spent in this like charm school where all mm-hmm. these like butch lesbians oh, have to like learn school. how to like pick the right fork to eat a salad. Yeah. It's very funny and it's just, it's nice to dive deep into how these more masculine women have to learn to present for these men. Wait, that shit is real though. They went to charm school. Yeah, they got makeovers. Like fucking, they had Tyra Banks the Tyra up Banks in there. Moment. Can we talk about the- Tyra Banks? Cut it off, bald, not bald. <laughs> like she was coming for these girls. Uh-huh. Yes. Who were you? Who was she? She was pulling out their headshots oh. and eliminating them. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, oh god, we need that like Tyra Banks it was, like slow elimination photo. Like, yeah. Where they start to. We okay. were all rooting for you. <laughs> we, were, we were rooting for you. No, but this is definitely a way that they were weeding out the lesbian-looking yeah. girls yeah. for sure. Yeah, They're yeah, like, yeah. you cannot look like a dyke to be in this league, yeah. even though we know four hundred out of six hundred y'all are gay mm-hmm. yeah. or whatever. Maylene, Maybelline, whatever her name is, says. <laughs> Maybelle. 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 The Whatever cow? Maybelle said. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, 
No, it's all about that. And yeah. I just was, I, this was one part of the film that I kind of rolled my eyes. It was like, oh, it's not real. This is just like the Princess Diaries moment. They mm -hmm. got to make them pretty. But like, no, they no. fucking put them. They're like, okay, you're going to report at 8 a.m. to go like slug baseballs and ground the shit and like do the tosses. I don't know what all the. No, like, that's you like get baseball it. stuff. That's <laughs> honestly, yeah. baseball I believe every single word you said. Yeah. And then they were like, you're going to go learn how to curtsy and answer a phone and shit. Mm -hmm. You're still going to cook and clean after this. Like, mm -hmm. do not get confused. Mm -hmm. Anyway, two favorite characters enter the scene at the tryouts. We've got May, played by Madonna, and Doris, played by Rosie mm -hmm, O'Donnell. And mm -hmm, I just want to show y'all a quick little clip because this yeah. clip did like so much for me sexually. Clip away. Can you put it straight into my veins? Yes, I would like to. Thank you. Intravenously. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking at? Yeah, what are you looking at? Nothing. Yeah. Right, nothing. Some of you are gonna have to go home. Yeah, sorry about that. Come on, Doris. Those people are jerks. What do you mean, some of us? Do it. <clears throat> okay, some of them are going home. Hey, how did you do that? How did you catch the fucking hey, how'd ball? how'd you fucking do that? Hey. Show me how you done hey. that. These girls. This is the... We got the whole spectrum. <laughs> oh, yeah. The entire Kinsey skill represented here at the tryouts. It's a lovely gradient. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And Dottie does the hottest thing ever. Gina Davis, like, Rosie O'Donnell's character slugs a ball at her and she just, like, bah, plucks Oof. it out of the air. I don't know. Really like, gets the engine what? revved up, you know? That's Ooh. baseball like, foreplay. I'm the wrong audience for this. And even <laughs> I was getting a little porked up, okay? Yeah. a little sweaty yeah. now. yeah. So they all have this insanely cool training montage where they're all throwing the balls, hitting the balls. And honestly, like, this isn't like play. This is like they are mm -hmm. fucking hitting the mm -hmm. fuck out of these balls, y'all. Yeah. They mm -hmm. are throwing as hard as they can. Like, these girls, all 200 girls on this field yeah. know how to play baseball. They could have made hot. some more teams. They could have formed at least, like, why not have just made an extra two teams? Mm -hmm. Oh, money, my bad. Oh, yeah, money <laughs> and people wouldn't be interested. I mean, yeah. someone had Lesbians to and capitalism don't really vibe too often <laughs> yeah they're not the best of friends yeah just birkenstocks we'll support that shit <laughs> yeah birkenstock stock going up, up yeah up, up, yeah up. so the girls are all amazing what they do they all make it onto the rockford peaches and get introduced to their uniforms short skirt pink iconic and super historically accurate this is basically the exact model replica of the actual uniforms yeah. these women wore. Yeah. And when they're getting divided up into teams, there's a really sweet scene where one of the women is illiterate and can't like read her name on the we sign. And then she's spoken to by the actress who, I forget the character's name, but Helen. Anne, Helen, yeah, who's played by Anne Ramsey, who yeah. you all know from the L word as Robin. And uh, she's so hot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was going to show y'all that clip, but I was like, oh, maybe it's not relevant. But Helen is my number one girlfriend in this movie. Yeah. So no, she's, hot. She's mommy. Yeah. And the way, like, the way she wears that hat and that uniform. How does she do in. it? Yeah. She delivers my favorite line in this film, and I'll get to it when we get sure. to it. But don't let us forget. I will. <laughs> Unfortunately, at this time, we also meet fucking Dugan, played by fucking Tom Hanks, who's the manager of the Peaches, and he's a piece of shit. I'm literally yeah. not going to mention him again. No, in the he rest can of the episode. rot. He can rot. He he does nothing for these girls. Zero. And his arc is so slight. It's like it's like not even a curve. Anyway, done. So, so this is around the time where they play the uh, promotional ad for the league, right? Yeah. And they're introducing the girls, and that little wretched witch comes on the radio wave, and she's like, "These fucking lesbians <laughs> yeah. think they could throw mm -hmm. some fucking baseballs and be like the men. Mm -hmm. Who's gonna fuck the men when they come home? <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna, the wipe, who's gonna, gonna wipe their ass? And it's like, 
Not Dude. me. <laughs> Not me. They can wipe their own damn ass. I'm going to have to fucking chop my pussy. Like, God damn. Dude, and like, there's like a whole nother... 50 movies going on at the same time you know there's like Dunkirk or whatever yeah. happening but there's also like the whole Rosie the Riveter ass shit happening yeah. behind the scenes too like to put a rivet away. all these women are fucking working yeah they're creating everything that the war is using they're their still, children with them on the road they're <laughs> still raising all the damn kids and they're yeah. s- still all buying the makeup like yeah they never stopped and like yeah I know like men going off to war it's really important what they did da 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 da, da. <laughs> but I don't I think we downplay often or just don't hear about like what the fuck the women were doing over here they weren't just holding wringing it down. their hands yeah they and were holding crying. shit down they were living they were life skimping and skimping on sugar and they were using like threads carrots. to carrots <laughs> yeah, country girls were making do alright we'll oh, leave yeah. it there amen and then the men came back and they were made to forget that they were like capable of doing yeah. all of these exactly. things and then they lost their jobs and all of that shit yep. and that's why we got so mad in the fucking 60s and 70s and we're like enough with that shit mm-hmm. and the women's movement came like all History. of it just there's so many movies happening while yeah. this movie is happening yeah so the girls start playing games they're fucking great uh, the movie shows that they didn't really have a strong turnout in the very beginning that wasn't the case they were like instantly something the people were desperate for entertainment sure. <laughs> and sure maybe they did show up with the idea of like oh like sex appeal these girls right. would be hot or like we can just it'll be cute to watch Mock them em. but very soon they had like real fucking fans because yeah. they were fucking good at playing baseball they were right like there's actual footage i found of like the OG Rockford Peaches and they're they're doing it like there's no holding back but it's like it's almost in the same lens that they treat the WNBA these days I'll just hear straight men go wax on and on about the, the NBA and 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 how talented and the heights they could reach and it's like yeah, but I just saw some WNBA games where they did some pretty gnarly stuff. And like, yeah. those women are like more approachable and seem more realistic and down yeah. to earth. And instead of this like eight foot tall giant who like can put up a hole in like a ball and hole, like, <laughs> yeah. and like I'm less impressed. Yeah, truly. And they're not like fucking, why are we told that women's sports aren't as interesting? Right. Why are they not given the same platform? We all have a TV in our house. You know, and I think it's even more impressive that women are doing it because you're right. They can treat their teammates and other human beings as human beings and not like put themselves on this crazy pedestal. Right. Like Michael Jordan. No offense, Michael Jordan. You were great. But like he doesn't treat people well. No, we all yeah. saw the, the docu-series <laughs> we where watched, all his friends were yeah. like, yeah, he made me cry that game. <laughs> yeah. <But> we won. <laughs> and that's like, what's what beautiful cost? about this. The whole film is yeah. just women teaching each other how to unity. read and doing yes. each other's hair and makeup. And it's community. It's queer. Yeah. It's queer because it's community and mutual aid. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my God. Next time I wake up from like a fever dream and I can't sleep at night, I'm just going to pretend that I'm on the bus that they <laughs> travel <laughs> around on. Yeah. Can we recreate the buzz? Yeah. It's just like the that's prettiest pink lighting there's like cold cokes they're mm-hmm. reading smut novels to each smut. other may teaching that girl how to read by reading smut mm-hmm. oh my god i need mm-hmm. that like as an asmr role play right now yeah. okay like i know you're an english teacher sure, yeah. like i feel like the children need to know they need to know and i'm gonna yeah subtextually influence them it's just like, like their Beowulf. conservative parents are afraid of <laughs> yeah Beowulf is not gonna get the children interested it doesn't in get them going. i'm so sorry no, yeah it's gonna be the smut it's gonna be smut. it's not canterbury tales baby <laughs> no. it's it's gayness um there's a great scene this has a lot of subtext in it and i know that you wanted to talk yeah, about let's break down it let's break it down <laughs> the girls go out dancing they sneak out because they're not allowed to smoke drink or wear pants so they no. decide to go out and do that anyway all three of those <laughs> smoking drinking and pant wearing <laughs> what are the rules yeah we'll break them all yeah yeah, yeah. how's that um madonna can fucking dance. dance she ate that up yeah and rosie o'donnell's character has some really great moments in this scene where she's 
flinging swing dancing the men all around yeah. and not giving a shit about any of them doesn't know any of their names but not she's like may look at this like yeah. i got you may let me so, fling yeah, that you whole around. scene she's performing for may and mm -hmm. she performs the role of the male right like yeah. she takes over the lead and she's flipping this man around and like she sunned him she put him in his place like she's like i am like mother Nicki minaj and you are my son mm -hmm. get in line and then she, as soon as this whole pomp and circumstance is over with, she's like, did you see what I did? Did you see what I did? Like, she, out of all those characters, definitely, I mean, you know, as a actual lesbian herself, like, it definitely came across in that character and, and specifically in that moment where I was like, it felt like queer joy in a very, like, jaded sense, mm -hmm. you know, like... If only she was truly able to to let loose and be flipping a woman around, yeah, it would have felt so much more right. Like I wanted that to be May so bad, yeah. Um, and I know she did too. Yeah, there's <laughs> fan fiction of that very scene. I'm no so way. sure. Yeah, yeah, we need to make it happen. If it's not, <gasps> mm -hmm. oh, there definitely is. Ao3, watch out. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the same vein with with you know Rosie's character, like kind of like living out her queer joy, like just treating this man like a rag doll. Um, <laughs> I was introduced uh, to the concept of a taxi dancer. Were you all familiar with that before? Um, May's character says, I'm not going to go back to taxi dancing. Right. What is that? She mentions that later. So essentially, like, men could go to these. It was like a dance club. It, it seemed questionably legal. Um, but they would buy a ticket for, like, 10 cents. And they would uh, go up to the girl and be like, now you have to dance with me. Huh. Um, and so May would – that's how she got her income was was – just being hot and men wanting to like literally be sweaty all over her. Mm, yeah. um, and you could imagine that came with like some like uncomfortable advances. Oh, I'm so you know, sure. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think she snapped and was like over my dead body or something. I mean, the back. fear in that moment, like the absolute panic is mm -hmm. like one of the few moments of like actual intense emotion mm -hmm. in the film. And it definitely speaks to a subtextuality, not necessarily queer, but like right. what has happened to this woman? Like, what right. situations has she been put in at the hands of these men who can like sling a quarter at her and be like, now I own now you for half an hour? Literally, yeah. But it explains why she ate up that dance floor, baby, because she yeah. was not yeah. missing a step. She didn't sweat, not a bead. And then just that scene wrapping up with uh, Marla, like clearly plastered on that stage. It had to be you. To, assuming what she thought was a woman. There's no <laughs> way she interpreted that George Costanza looking ass man. Yeah. As a man. Yeah. Um, and in the series, A League of Their Own, the bar that they go to is is a gay bar. like, yes. And it's a hidden gay bar. And it's run by Rosie O'Donnell. Wow. Yeah. She plays a different character Can't in the yeah. series, but she owns the bar. And she's very much like, hey, don't worry. I yeah. got you guys and protects wow. all the gay people. Oh, I wish I was that sense. person. I mean, like, I could not have survived back then, but I would like to believe I would have been Rosie O'Donnell. That guy. Yeah. yeah. Queer yeah. elder. Yeah. Queer elder. <laughs> It's the tarot card deck I need. Yes, the queer elder card. Oh, the queer elder expansion pack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So after they're all like having a good time, unfortunately, like Kit is starting to feel even more like overshadowed by Dottie and she like almost threatens to leave. So Dottie tells their manager, just like transfer me to a different mm -hmm. team or I'm leaving. And what they end up doing is transferring Kit to another team. And so they have like this emotional blowout where they're having this huge argument and then Kit eventually leaves, and as the argument is over, Helen, like, comes out from her room, and I guess she didn't realize what was going on, and she just goes up to everyone and goes, has anyone seen my new red hat? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, piss on your hat. Yeah, piss on your hat. Poor Helen. I said, we could do that. We were into that back then. Oh my God. Do not talk to my girlfriend that way. <laughs> that's the, I'm, I only audibly cackled once during the yeah, film and it yeah, was that. that was that's just so fucking funny. Iconic, yeah. <laughs> we love not reading the room. Yeah. Never, never. Yeah. Just comes in smiling. Turns out there was two asshole. illiterate women in this group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one can't read text, one can't read the room. So <laughs> what are you gonna do? We love the representation. <laughs> mm-hmm, oh my mm-hmm, god. Mm-hmm. Um, so also around this time, one of the players gets like one of the dreaded telegrams that her husband has died while he's oh, away. That scene. scene is really oh. beautiful, and I I like that they don't often allude to the war that's happening overseas mm-hmm. like this is really trying to keep a brave face on back home mm-hmm. uh, but i thought that they handled that scene really well it's the only scene that i can stand tom hanks is acting because he's not screaming for once um and we see dotty really emotional this time kind of having like this sobbing fit in her room poor thing mm-hmm. but then like a fucking miracle in comes bob mm-hmm. bob her husband back from war He's safe. He's sound. He's not a mirage. He got and a boo-boo. Yeah, he's just a little foot boo-boo, a little boo-boo and like a little trauma, a mm-hmm. little PTSD, mm-hmm. yeah. but he's fine. Yeah, what was he doing with the boys um, overseas? But at one point, there was like, I watched a deleted scene that's just like more of Kit and Dottie talking at the farm, like giving exposition about where Dottie's at in her life and why she doesn't want to leave on the train to go to tryouts. And basically she says like, well, you know, right before he left, me and Bob got married. So when he comes back, we're going to start a family. And huh. for me, I was like, so you've probably just been married to this man for like a week. In his presence, like, yeah, a week Weeks. or two. And he's conveniently gone away. It's like she's kind of free. Like she doesn't right. have to like play the act of like, oh, I'm straight and I the have to pursue men. Gone. She's like, oh, I'm I, like, check. My beard is in place. Mm-hmm. He's properly over there where I don't have to see him or talk to him or uh-huh. watch the teeth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and ding, 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 ding. But whenever she comes back, it is like a real relief. And she really is glad yeah, to have she, him. She was really excited to fall back into that role of of I don't have to. I hate to say it like this, but like, I don't have to think, I don't have to process emotions. I don't have to stand up for myself. I have this man to do it for me, to make everything okay. Appearances met. Mm -hmm. I don't have to search. I don't have to like play that game where I have to pretend to like boys or like keep myself from liking girls Mm -hmm. or whatever in between. Yeah. And, and then she was she she rode that out until he died, and she was like, "Oh well, it's too late for me to be gay now." Yeah, and the gay panic started Set as in. soon as he dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I like for there, I would like to talk about like to me that screams gay panic in the sense that that she exhibits at the beginning of the movie, because she's like, "Finally, this out! Like, I can finally get out!" Like every scene where they were going to church. I'm mm-hmm. assuming May was in that room telling him how she ate some woman's pussy the night before. <laughs> oh, and that's right. why he keeps dropping the Bible, right? Because that's like a running joke in the confessional. And that whole time, Dottie's in there praying, like, God, please keep my husband alive because I don't know what I'm going to do with myself if I have options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a quick aside, I do not like Bill Pullman, the actor who plays her husband. He, oh. I've always hated him since Casper. Oh, and is he the bad guy? No, he plays Christina Ricci's dad in Casper, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's just a fucking asshole. I just yeah. don't like Bill Pullman in most things. Yeah. He's yeah. not worthy of Gina Davis, that's for sure. Never, never, nor, never. Nor. Uh, so anyway, the Peaches, 
now go to the World Series without Kit, but they're playing against Kit's team. And Which World Series is a pretty generous uh, title for this activity that they're participating in? Maybe like regional. Re- there's four it's freaking teams. the Midwest teams. Global Series yeah. of the International Meeting of Yeah, minds. we could get yeah. a little more specific here. <laughs> yeah. World Series, nonetheless. Uh-huh. Squirrel Series. Um, anyway, so they get to the final game. Dottie's at catcher, which, by the way, I'm so sorry, is the gayest it's role the on the team. the gayest role. It's what I played whenever I played softball. Oh, but, um, it adds mostly because I couldn't it? run. Mm-hmm. But whatever. So many things are coming together. Yeah. yeah. The pieces, they're puzzling. <laughs> and Kit's the pitcher, but Kit goes up to bat against Dottie as the catcher, and Dottie tells the pitcher, like, throw high. She can't hit him high. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sold her sister out. That's a, a lesbian move right there. Am I wrong, ladies? I was so impressed with that on the rewatch. I'm like, Sold her the out. only way that Kit's going to believe that she won is if you fucking play as hard as you can. Yeah. And I think Dottie, that is more of a gift than yeah. than anything else. But like, but came back in game seven, like you're gonna miss the first six games. I would have told oh, her to right. fuck off. Oh, yeah. Like you came back to throw it. Is that what happened? Because mm. like to your point, mm-hmm. like like Dottie, I think Dottie was like, I have to lay it out on the field, but I'm just gonna drop the ball. Yeah, I'm just it gonna does. drop the ball. Literally, not even figuratively. Yeah. If I was other girls on the team of the Rockford Peaches, I'd be like, her you are not allowed on this Absolutely game. not. <laughs> yeah. Jumped her. She gave it the, her all. The, the culmination of this movie could not have been translated better than the physical impact of her pushing her big sister out of the way. Mm-hmm. It's my time now. I'm in charge of my life, of my destiny. Thank you for what you did, but I have to step on you. I have to step on you mm-hmm. to get higher. It's not. It's not a cute Barbie moment with the, with the mom standing back to for the daughter to see how far she <laughs> went. Like, right? Move, they, bitch. They they, they, yeah. they they took it to to the most male representing aspect of the show. Like right, like these women clashing into each other, and then for them to just walk away at the end. Mm-hmm. I there was no way to repair that. I again, she had to step on her to get up, and 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 I don't think Dottie could accept that. Like, she was like, I want to see her succeed, but I'm gonna have to swallow it and turn the other direction because otherwise, I'm gonna have to unpack the husband. I'm gonna have to unpack the queerness. I'm gonna have to unpack yeah. the fact that my daughter's my daughter, my sister's gonna marry a trans man down the road. Like, mm-hmm. her you know. Destiny. It's 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 written in the cards. I, mm-hmm. I I have to assume there's a deleted scene where they talk to a psychic or a tarot reader at some point <laughs> because May would a thousand percent drag them into that. Oh 100%. yeah, she'd be all about she'd astrology. Be playing the yeah, it might sure. actually have been May. <laughs> it was May. <laughs> she to, was the fortune teller. To your point, Gerald. Yeah, it seemed like that was the moment that really opened the floodgates mm-hmm. for Dottie and Kit gets to flourish, but. Dottie has to understand that the dynamic of their relationship changes and the following scene where they like say goodbye is that's the one that always makes me cry. And it's so true to siblinghood of all kinds because Kit says, I just started liking you and now you're going to go. Oh, yeah. And it's you don't realize that your siblings are your friends until you're old enough to leave the house and then you don't see them every day. You know, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. And also they accept, there. yes, there's going to be distance in between them because I Dottie is go going back to have babies. Way. Yeah, and Kit is staying in the city to have girlfriends. So there's like <laughs> physical distance between them. Yeah, yeah. But they're also acknowledging that like they are going to drift apart because Kit is going to go so far into this yeah. world that she finally needs to be in. She's yeah. going to have the gay friends and the gay life and mm-hmm. the, the freedom of city living that she could have at this time. 
where Dottie is going back to the farm, going back where she always back knew she would be, closet. back mm-hmm. to that closet. So it's much more, and I cry at this moment now because like, oh, like they're not going to see each other. Right. Like, like they are recognizing the chasm between them mm-hmm. that they are allowing to be there more so Dottie than yeah. Kit. Because I think Kit like kind of put Kit herself her out there. Out. She had her hand out yeah. the whole time. She was like, please, it's not just you pulling me up. It's us like pulling each yeah. other up like together. We need to take turns doing this. Mm-hmm. And Dottie was like, no, I'm I'm going to I'm going to make the ultimate sacrifice because I know I don't have the strength that Kit does to butt heads with yeah. society. Mm-hmm. No, she's like, I, I, I surrender. Yeah. Like before I even get in the game, I'm going to surrender. I'm yeah. yeah. And now you can maybe fight it a little easier on your own. Cause you're mm-hmm. not in my shadow anymore. Like we mm-hmm. are standing under two different suns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At this yeah. Point. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Kit knew her path from the very beginning, very yeah. headstrong. Yeah. And so Dot has to make her peace with it, realizing that they're going down different paths. It's not something it seemed like she accepted before this. The melancholy, the beautiful, but also the love there too, you know, that Mm -hmm. they get to say, I love you to each other. And you know, she secretly hoped her sister was going to show up. Like she, Mm -hmm. I think she wanted that to happen um, so badly. Otherwise, why would she have gone? Mm -hmm. Why would she have shown up? Because again, if she was, if she so say wasn't so excited to see her friends and her past teammates, as the older sibling, I would know I would be hoping to just pick up where we left off, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. let's just pretend we didn't talk, not talk for thirty something right. years. Like, fill me in on the nooks and crannies. What have y'all been doing? What's going on? Mm-hmm. But it would just take too much internal work for Dottie and. After 30, 40 years of cement layering, yeah. it, it, it it's not, not enough time to break that open. Yeah. Well, we get like the return, like basically, I guess the next step in their relationship comes in the next scene when we're back in present day. Yep. We're uh, back, back in to reality. Back Whoop, to reality. Dottie's an older woman now. She says hi and gets to greet all of the girls on the team. Betty, May, Helen, everyone's there. Everyone looks amazing. Um, they go into the baseball hall of fame and look at all the photos and the memories and all of them represented there their story being told and it's very emotional and across the room she sees her sister with her family but husband absent so Mm. we can just imagine what he or they look like Mm -hmm. um and the reunion they have is like so akin to like a romantic reunion like that final scene in the notebook when she gets that recognition Mm -hmm. with Noah like it feels borderline romantic but it also feels like they're picking up where they left off Mm -hmm. left off because they were at admissions of love to each other last we saw them um, in the locker room when they were basically saying goodbye and splitting ways and like I, I do feel like there is hope for them to start plucking away at that cement wall that's been building up for 30 years. Like me personally, like it ends very hopeful the way they look at each other and hold each other. And now that Dottie doesn't have a husband and that life to fall back on, like her kids are grown her, not even her grandsons need her. Like maybe she can move forward back into Kit's life. Yeah. It's like that wall that they built up. Dottie finally realized it's just, one wall Mm -hmm. I just need to walk around the fucking corner of it like she's Kit is right there she's screaming for me to please just realize that I'm not enclosed it's just in front of me I have tunnel vision Mm -hmm. and that lock in that eye contact moment just felt very much like you mean I just have to like look 
I, just, oh, I, I physically moved, but I'm back from the <laughs> microphone. Um, but yeah, like she like just like peeked around the corner and was like, oh, sh- shit. You mean for the last 70 something yeah. years? I I just had to yeah. go Shift around. Shift of perspective. It's yeah. that easy. Yeah. Dottie built a fence like in her own yard, mm-hmm. but and, it's and it self-imposed. Wasn't on, right. It wasn't on Kit to come and do that for her. Like it wasn't on Kit to, to pull her out of that. That slump, I yeah. hate to say. And she did take a brave step. Like, Dottie did show up and, like, kind mm-hmm. of go to the neutral ground that is that exists in her and Kit's relationship, this, like, baseball history yeah. they mm-hmm. have yeah. at a place where she felt, you know, competent I, to whatever extent. So, like, they're, they're back on level playing field again. Yeah. Like, they've moved Literally. Past <laughs> yeah. I would like to clarify at this point, I know no more about baseball than I did before going into this movie, and I appreciate that, and I think therein lies the subtextual queerness of this movie. Yes. They did not teach us a fucking thing <laughs> about the sport of baseball. And I didn't need to know. Not a thing. No. There's a bat. There's a ball. Gina's catching. It sounds gay to me. Gina's bottoming. <laughs> okay. Bottoming. Uh Great movie. Um, when the credits roll, I always love when they do something fun with the credits. Yeah, yeah. Not just words Don't over waste black. time. Don't waste my time. Yeah. Don't waste my time. But they show footage from an actual game of actual league players, you know, in their 70s playing baseball. Still fucking doing way more athleticism yeah. than I can pull off yeah, yeah, yeah. in my 30s. Um, and then the <laughs> film is dedicated to the players of the league, which I think is really sweet. Forever etched into the history books. Much yeah. like these podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, literally podcast, right next to each other on yeah, everyone's I shelf. Would, yeah. It's a subtextual one. And then me, it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're both in the National Film Registry at the Library of Hell Congress. yeah. Yes. This movie and our podcast. Absolutely. National the only podcast two. podcast registry win? <laughs> yeah, truly. <laughs> win? So... Reception. Uh, it will surprise no one that this film was very successful. The budget of $40 million to make the film grossed $132 million in the box office. Really good reviews across the board, particularly for the cast, which we love. And this film is was like kind of an instant staple for American cinema, for feminist cinema, and for the gays. The gays. Yeah. Could have written plenty of papers about that in film school, but yeah, I just Tank might. Girl, Tank Girl took over my. Uh, <laughs> Lori Petty was going to make her way lobe. into your either GPA. Way, either yeah. way, and thank you for that, a Lori Petty. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, so now what's in the next inning? We're gonna score <laughs> the movie. I'm curious if Gerald can explain the scores. No pressure. <laughs> Oh, like, exp- oh, no. Like how- um, yeah, so first we're going to rate it on our gayness, on its gayness. Um, and then we'll rate it on overall uh, quality, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in regards to gayness, I, I would, do we do 0.5s around here? Yeah. yeah. I would Half give it scores. like a 7.5. I, I just have spent so much time with this movie across my life that I've just disillusioned myself into making it gayer in my mind than it might come across to your average straight person. Um, <laughs> they're but, right behind uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it uh, and then with the advent of the TV show, it, it I'm trying not to calculate that into my score, but it I just know the intentions were there. So at seven point five out of ten for gayness, Lizzie, your gayness. I would have to give it a six point five because it's there's so much to talk about. Yeah. We've been blabbing yeah. for like two hours, yeah. and I feel like there's still more to be. Uh, yeah, we about. could be here all night. So yeah, I give it a six. What about you, Sam? I will also give it a six. It's just everything about it. I can't divorce that from my enjoyment of the film. And knowing that all of these characters or these actresses went on to play lesbians or Mm -hmm. are lesbians just like warms my little heart. Yeah. 
Her little lesbian heart grew three sizes this day. Three oh sizes. my gosh. <laughs> Another important question. On a scale shit. of one to ten, shit, shit. what Don't do you ask rate me this these film? Fucking questions. God damn. So just disclosure, um, my biggest fear coming in here was was you and the scoring system because <laughs> over time I as the huge subtextual number one fan that I am, president of the fan club getting Let's line. Go. Um historically you score things pretty low. Um and uh, so I've, I'm excited to have found like a six out of you like that. Like, so I was literally punching the air. Um, <laughs> but like I didn't and it has shaped like how I have viewed this and how I want to score it. But like I genuinely feel like for when it came out, what it offers, who it was directed by, it's a solid eight. Like mm-hmm. you couldn't get better unless you were overtly gay, um, and that would have brought up the full quality of the of the movie to me. Um, and of course, just a general two point deduction for Tom Hanks. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have casted a fucking talking monkey. I would have <laughs> much preferred that. It could have just been a blurry man in the background. It, we never speak to without yeah. a name. It could we would have been fine. And you know they picked him to like like genuinely. <laughs> I want to mention this earlier. So I feel like them casting him was the approach the same way they approached the character about managing the baseball teams mm-hmm. they were like you're a fucking drunk sir and if you can get your shit together and act this movie out we'll we'll let you stick around in hollywood yeah straight um, up they like so, definitely were like here's something that men will come to the movie and watch and it's like yeah. psych men are not watching this movie so you don't have to cater to them with yeah. tom hanks yeah. yeah my score oh yeah i said my score right eight out of ten Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. I couldn't. I I so agree with your rhetoric. I'm agreeing again, and I'm I'm saying eight out of ten. I'm gonna fucking cry. (laughs) Um, Lizzie. (laughs) Yeah, Lizzie. No pressure. I'm gonna give it a nine. (gasps) Okay, Paula Abdul. This movie is so fucking good. It's funny. It's entertaining. It made me cry. It's it's timeless. It's old it's like 30 years old and it's, <laughs> it's still fucking old. good gina davis is so hot madonna's in it i'm so madonna sorry this film could have been a wash it could have been it bad it could have could have been blue crush but oh. it's not it's healthy it's could've good it's good crushed. clean fun it's gay gay gay, gay, gay give it gay. a nine hell yeah let's sisters go. let's go all right, one second. Calculating scores. Uh, Calculating. Calculating. All right. League of Their Own gets a subtextual score of 7.5. Let's go. That's a very good number for this one. Okay. Gerald, yeah. I'm not exaggerating when I say I love talking with you. I'm so glad you're Stop. here. I'm so glad you chose this episode. I yeah. this is I can already tell this is gonna be one of my favorite episodes on the podcast. And I'm it's literally so not truly. just saying that. Anything for my lesbians. Oh, oh my god, god. yes, he no. served. No. No. <laughs> uh, really appreciate you coming. This has course. been such a blast. Like Lizzie said, like I can tell this will be my favorites, and I can also see a lots of episodes with you in the future. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, you have to come back. I would um, I'm moving in. Yes. <laughs> I have my bed set up under the under the table. <laughs> he lives here now. Yeah. All right, where can we find you? Where can we listen to Watch the Teeth? Yeah, y'all can find me just about everywhere. I'm currently fighting with Apple to get my <laughs> podcast over there, but we can find me on Spotify. I think I'm on um, iHeartRadio. Uh, I'm going to make my way into YouTube at some point. Uh, oh, wait, defi- what's your podcast about? Yeah, that's a great... Lizzie, thank you for Team the question. Up. So yeah, um, Watch the Teeth is an elimination format, pop culture, last survivor, collaborative storytelling podcast hosted by yours truly, featuring a rotating cast of two guests per episode. So what we'll do is we're going to pick a movie or a TV show. We'll draft three characters each. And the main meat of the episode is going to be us pitting them against a toothy monster. 
Yes. Uh, you, your werewolves, your vampires, yes. your zombies, your vagina dentatas. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, using a, an elimination system, one by one, we'll craft a story. And, uh, you know, whoever gets the privilege of having the final girl gets me. to, yeah, gets to flex. Will, it will yeah. be me. Twitter, uh, watch TTPOD. Instagram, watch TTPOD. Uh, we have a TikTok now. Not working on that yet, but it exists. Uh, that one's full. Watch the teeth. Uh, surprisingly, that one hasn't been taken by someone with an OnlyFans account yet. Um, <laughs> snooze, you lose. Yeah, or you a snooze, you lose. Or a dentist. I'm gonna sell it to a dentist. Yeah. I'm gonna get this to blow up so hard <laughs> that I could sell that to a dentist. Yeah. You really need a dentist to be like a sponsor for your pod. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so cool, we're gonna cool get. Gate. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about, guys. Yeah. But thanks for having me. Yeah, let's go play some fucking baseball. Twilight style. That's the only baseball we play. The only baseball. There's other kinds of baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to keep this content ad-free, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash subtextualpod. See you next week.